The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. We need to get healed, and we need to know that only the healer can heal us from our sinful ways, and we need to repent to Him. we got to get back to the point of what's really important here, and it's, it, at the end of the day, it's about winning souls and changing lives. Many will recognize the voice and name of Daryl Strawberry, who joins us now for First Person. After years of living for himself and falling prey to many addictions as a famous baseball player, Daryl now lives to please Jesus Christ. We'll hear about it next. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. But before we get to the interview, please make note of our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Our program notes for this and all past interviews are at that site, plus a schedule of upcoming guests. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. Again, firstpersoninterview.com. And use our free smartphone app to stream and or download this program. Search for First Person Interview in your app store. Daryl Strawberry was a major star athlete on the baseball field, but his life was a total wreck because of drugs and related issues. However, his life has been transformed through the power of Christ, and now he gives testimony everywhere he goes about what the Lord has done in his life. It's a remarkable story. As we talked online recently, I asked Daryl not about his past, but about his present life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's a great question, you know, because today I celebrate my 59th birthday. Is that right? Yes, and I was I was just kind of kidding with you about I better be talking about the Lord because He saved me, <laughs> <laughs> and we need to kind of keep that real, you know, to the listeners and you know people out there to understand that, um, you know, His amazing grace and what He does in our life is something that we don't deserve, and He gives it to us anyway, and then He pushes us forward to go do His work. Um, so that's what now is really all about. It's it's an urgency of the time that we're living in. Uh, it's a desperate time. For a lot of folks, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ could be preached boldly now. Um, people are going to listen, even though if they don't feel like hearing it, 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 it's the time that I believe that God is saying, speak and let people know that I'm still God and I still love them. Yes, we've seen lawlessness, brokenness, how real it is. And we've seen the darkness, you know, the the, the nation of, you know, racism and, you know, people of all color is, is you know, at each other's throats. And, and I try to encourage people to understand that God is not coming back for a color. He's coming back for a soul mm. and that, that belongs to him, you know, that's been born again of the spirit and, and people and people need to recognize that they need to recognize what's really important. Uh, I think they've getting caught up in too much of a, a the system of, of a society that we live in. And that's broken. You, they, they, they're trying to have man fix it, but man cannot fix it. Only God can fix it. Yeah. Well, God's given you such a unique platform to get that message out there, and you're being so faithful in doing it. Um, tell me about life, though. What? How are you spending your days now? And, and by the way, happy birthday! I should I shouldn't pass that over so quickly. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I just kind of threw that out there because I'm down in Branson with my wife, and we're, we're going to celebrate and going to go watch the play here, Jesus. Excellent. Excellent. You know, uh, so uh, we're excited about that. And you know, life is life is good. You know, ministry is good. I'm I, I'm on a routine, a regular routine. And when I'm not traveling, doing ministry, you know, I'm usually at home. And, and my first thing I do, you know, when I do get up is I worship God. You know, I turn on some worship music. I, you know, I just can't go without, you know, going with entering into the presence of, of God in my life. And, 
you know, even through the hard times, you know, that we've been through, uh, is still worship God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find great joy and peace in that. You got to be consistent at who you are in, in, in your walk with Christ. And I think so many people fall off and I did for a very long time too. You know, when I didn't have that personal relationship with him, you know, I would wander in the desert, you know, like we all do and mm-hmm. wandering alone and looking for a way. And, you know, now I don't, I wander into his loving arms and, and to tell him, thank you. You know, it's another day. You give me another day to wake up and have an opportunity to help somebody else. Mm. Well, when you were growing up, um, was the Lord on your conscious mind at all? Uh, what kind of background family did you come from, Daryl? Well, my mother was a solo Christian who prayed for me when I was a heathen, womanizer, drug addict, sinner, lost, rich, famous. She was praying that God would knock me off my throne and save me. Hmm. Uh, so sounds like a that mom. tells you that tells you <laughs> <laughs> that tells you where I'm at today. I'm here today, sitting here today, right now, Wayne, because of her prayers, and and, and I know that you know I, I know that because you know we found the journal under her bed when she was dying, and she passed away at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. Hmm. And in her journal, she was praying to God to save him, bring salvation to all my kids, and. And that's exactly what happened. You know, the Lord saved me and I was able to lead my brothers and sisters to the cross without even speaking. They came to the cross and found their relationship with Christ. And, you know, I came in from a broken family. My father was an alcoholic and he said I would never amount to nothing. Came home for the last time when I was 14 years old, put on a shotgun, Mm. said he was going to kill the whole family. Me and my brothers went into action. Had it not been for my mother getting us out of that house that night, she gave us that look, get out. Had it not been for her getting us out of that house, we probably would have killed him that night. It could have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put the uniform on. And I always tell people my pain led me to my greatness, and my greatness would eventually lead me to my destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a remarkable story. I, I think of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when I think of Daryl. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. And that certainly has been the case in your life. So we, we praise God for that. You were such a gifted athlete. Uh, you obviously knew that as a young man, right? Did you set your sights on uh, Major League Baseball? Yeah, I did because of the pain that I was in. And, and and I saw baseball and, you know, I watched the Dodgers growing up in L.A. and I watched the Cincinnati Reds and, and the Dodgers used to play that game of the week on Saturdays. And, and there it was, they were talking about, you know, the one player they were always talking about on the Cincinnati Reds wasn't Johnny Bench, Joe, Joe Morgan. It was Pete Rose. You know, he was talking about Charlie Hustle. Yep. And I saw him and I saw his uniform. And every time I looked at his uniform, his uniform was dirty. And I was like, <laughs> now... <laughs> I was like, now that's a, that's a baseball player right there. You know? And I said, I want to play baseball like him. I saw Pete Rose and I saw Dave Parker with the pirates. Yep. And when I saw those two guys, I was like, man, these, these, these guys are incredible. This is what I want to be like. And, you know, Charlie hustle wasn't the, the number one player on the team, but he sure got the most attention because of his hustle and his effort for playing the game. He wasn't the most talented. It, it just shows you, you don't have to be the most talented, but you're the most inspiring person, you know? And I think that's what Pete Rose showed me about playing baseball and, yeah. and Dave Parker, the way he played it. Well, I was a big red machine fan myself in those days. So, uh, bench and Perez and all those guys were my heroes as well. So I know what you mean. Hey, when did it go off the rails for you? Uh, when, when did sin just sort of take over in your life? Well, I think it always had taken over in my life from the beginning. You know, I was a sinner from the beginning. I just fell into it deeper and deeper. And I think that's what happens to all, so many of us. We uh, achieve all these earthly things, but we really don't know who we are. We just know that we, we have this great success as an athlete. And, 
you play at the highest level, and but you're in the midst of the sin the whole time. You know, I was in the midst of sin. I, I got introduced to marijuana, and you know, when I was 14, and I was drinking when I was 14, and you know, I was troubled in my teenage years because of the abuse and the rejection. And you know, I had a lot of coaches come into my life to coach me and brought discipline to me, and I had the discipline. But you know, I was already drinking at the age of 21 when I got to the big leagues. I was probably was already alcoholic at the age of 21. Um, and I remember the first first road trip, a veteran player sent me to the back of the airplane and said, welcome to the big leagues, kids. And there it was. I got introduced to cocaine. So I went back to hit that. I like that. And I just wanted to be a part. So sin was all, already there. It was already active in my life. And I think a lot of times we don't know what sin is. You know, we just. Yeah, we just, that's a great perspective, right? Yeah. We just kind of live in it. You know, we don't know that it's deadly, you know, for the wages of sin is death. We don't really understand that until you come to Christ. And know that but you know it is death you know at the end of the day you will die in your sinful ways and you know it's just it's biblical you know and i think a lot of people don't really realize that and we just keep living that way we we live in the flesh and i lived in it for so long yeah. and it was and the wheels fell off you know the, the wheels fell off in my entire career mm. you know it, it, i could tell you had i known what i know today i, I would have probably been different and done things different but i didn't know and so i was just playing on natural talent but at the inside of who I was, I was just completely broken. And I, I think that uh, had a big part of the downfall of my life. Yeah. Well, uh, at what point did Christ uh, get a hold of you and you begin to reform your ways and, and understand what Christ had done for you? You accept him as Savior, and I'm sure you battled these issues for a long time. But uh, at what point did that turn begin? I would have to say in 91, you know, when I just signed a, a $20 million contract, and I should have been the happiest player in the game and but i was going to la as a free agent and um my marriage was falling apart and i was an alcoholic i played eight years in the big leagues and then i went to this crusade through my wife uh my first wife uncle who just passed away and he led me to the lord he led me to a crusade mm -hmm. a, a more surreal crusade in anaheim mm -hmm. and i was there for four nights and all i heard was jesus 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 <laughs> and all i did was weep for four nights uh -huh. just cry 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 because I was hearing about this man named Jesus. And this is the first time I've heard such a great, it wasn't just a great way, but it was the anointing of God that was flowing through this. This crusade was packed. It was thousands of people, you know, and, and there was, he said, Sunday, I'm going to lay hands on people and whoever want to come, you don't have to come. It's up to you and, and accept the Lord and you want to be delivered. And I came down and through that line and waited and he laid hands on me. The power of God came over me and it was just like, man it was just like something it was an experience that i never experienced my belly was flowing like a river and you know the guy said you know pick him up he says um, i don't know who you are but he says i know god has called you and I, th I thought oh my god he sounds just like my mother because my mother had told me the same thing she said god has called you you're gonna he's gonna get it out of you she told me you're gonna go through it but he's gonna get it out of you that was the first connection of god having salvation and what i learned through that process that God never reversed his salvation. I just didn't get the foundation. And I think that's what happens to so many Christians. You know, when you have the conversion, you know, what's next? And the discipleship is so important. I didn't go through the discipleship. And you know what that means is the Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And there's no knowledge and understanding of the word. So you go back to the familiar, you know, and that's what happened to me. I ran into the wall, dislocated my shoulder, and I went back to the familiar after that. After a few months later, after have that, having that conversion, 
I go back to the familiar of drinking and womanizing, and I stay in there for another, what, 15 years or so, lost. We're hearing the testimony of former baseball player Daryl Strawberry, and we'll continue with him in just a moment on First Person. And there are so many stories of God at work through the Far East Broadcasting Company. We just had to find a way to tell more. Well, you know, Wayne, hearing all these testimonies has absolutely changed my life. And I want to use a podcast to be able to go deeper with some of the real stories that I get to see as the gospel's going out all around the world. And these stories will change your life, too. So listen to the new weekly podcast until all have heard from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Or go to febc.org. My guest is Daryl Strawberry former Major League Baseball star. Uh, the awards were plentiful. The troubles were plentiful, obviously, in Daryl's life. But the Lord has taken hold of his life, and it's an amazing turnaround. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has become. That characterizes Daryl Strawberry. Daryl, uh, you also fought cancer in the middle of all that you're talking about. Um, talk about that experience. Was that a wake-up call in any way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think along the line, lying somewhere, all these things were a wake up call for me, you know, uh, going through, uh, the struggles that I went through, uh, going through the addiction and ending up in the Florida state prison with a T17169 because of addiction and then going through the cancer and, and having cancer twice and, and losing my left kidney in the second surgery and realizing that God had a plan. It doesn't matter what it looks like to people, but he had a plan for my life. And I had to go through this process and I always say, they say, well, how did you feel? I said, well, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Obviously, God was stopping me at every stop. He wouldn't let the enemy destroy me. So I, I'm just forever grateful for that, understanding the purpose of that, because every stop that I had to go through was a sign of saying, look up, you know, and I, I kept looking down and I wasn't looking up until I finally came to the place of being able to look up and realize that you got to look up to see the symbol of the cross. You can't look down. If you look down, you look down at the darkness of who you are. And yeah, you're no good. And yeah, you don't deserve, you don't deserve grace. But when you look up, he says, I'm here to give you the grace that you don't deserve. Yeah. I know it was all of the Lord, but uh, the Lord obviously used some people in your life. Um, yet, did you have people around you who were cheering you on and, and discipling you, I guess I'm asking? Yeah, I did. I had like Uncle Bill, like I said, who, who just passed away. He was a prayer warrior. He kept me under prayer. And he always told me he was praying for me, even when I was in my darkness, in my dark times. You know, God kept him in a secret place praying for me uh, because he was the one that led me to the Lord. And and then I, you know, my mother had been praying for me and she went home to be with the Lord. And um, Uncle Bill just went home to be with the Lord. And my, and my wife was a, was a key factor in my life. God brought her into my life when I was broken. And, and you know, she had one year recovery and I had just 15 seconds coming back from shooting dope and smoking crack. And, you know, I, I just wanted to die. And I was like $3 million in debt. And, and she was chasing me down in South Florida, you know, banging on dope house doors, pulling me out of dope house doors and talking about God's got a plan for you. And I says, won't you and that God just let me stay here and die? And she was like, oh, you're just not that lucky. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I got all kinds of problems and struggles and I'm staying s- sober. What's your problem? You know, God's got a plan for you. So and what the Lord did with her was, you know, we we're boyfriend and girlfriends at, at the time, didn't know that we would be in 
a place where we would be married and have a relationship that we have today and have a foundation in the ministry. But God used her to lead me back into church. Mm -hmm. And it was a process. It wasn't an overnight miracle where everybody think it's an overnight miracle. So when we finally got together, God had to sit me for seven years before he released me, you know, and he made me do all kind of just work, you know, outside of myself and getting over myself to crush the ego because the ego is a three-letter word, easing God out. So when a man has an ego, he keeps his ego, so he eased God out of everything. So there was God was crushing my ego through that period of seven years of sitting, and he was developing me through the, the discipleship of going to church. And I was watching my wife, you know, and, and she was just strong in the word and strong in her devotion with God and her time with God. And I realized that if I was going to get anywhere, I had to change who I was and I had to do things different. So, um, she was a blessing. She was the blessing that God had brought into my life. Cause I asked him for, for a sign and he gave me the sign. She was there. I just didn't see it. You know, um, <laughs> my eyes wasn't open at the time. I was, I was still busy in the flesh and in my sinful ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could talk baseball with you for a long time, but I'll I'll hold off on my baseball questions. Maybe someday we can we can talk about baseball, but let's talk about more important things right now. Uh, in your book, Turn Your Season Around, you, you talk about putting on the uniform and what that meant, putting on that uniform, whether it was with the Dodgers. I don't know what team you were with at the time, but talk about that experience. And then you, you equate it with putting on the armor of God. Yeah, well, putting on the uniform, it, 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 it's a joy to be able to put on the uniform and you know, know that you your dream, you dreamed of this and here it is, it comes true. And then you get out there and actually perform it and you perform it at, at, at a high level. And I did it for so many years and, you know, being able to put the uniform on and thanking God for the opportunity. Cause I, there was no fear, you know, with me on the baseball field. I always believed, I always believed I had control of my own destiny from there. And, um, then I realized, you know, putting on the armor of God, you know, is, is allowing him to have the control over your life. Uh, it's far greater than putting on the baseball uniform because you, you're going to do something on the baseball field and you're going to have fans cheering and stuff like that. But when you put in on the forearm of God and when you're allowing God to lead you and guide you, you're going to be able to be used by him to win souls. And that's eternal. That's, that's, that's not a, just a, a clap, you know, from fans and cheers and a curtain call. That's eternal. God counts that very seriously about his work and that he is allowing you to do, and he's trusting that you would do it the right way. Where And what I mean by that in the right way, where you make it, it's not about you, it's about the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Baseball season is starting again. Um, do you miss the game? No. I mean, I, I've gotten over it for, I've been away from it for a very long time now, and I will always enjoy it, but I don't miss, you know, the, I don't miss the game in itself, you know, because I remember... You know, it brought so many highs and it brought so many lows, you know, from the off the field activities. And I think about the lifestyle. I think a lot of people never really think about the lifestyle because they think the lifestyle is so good because you have everything. But yeah, but at the end of the day, you have nothing. You just accumulated a bunch of stuff, mm. you know, and, and I think people don't understand that stuff will not uh, come to the place of setting you free on the inside. And you can only be free and and rescued by Jesus because it's what he has already done on the cross. But you have to be able to understand the symbol of the cross and understand the power in, in his death and his resurrection. And what he brings to you is something far greater than you can ever imagine. It, it, it's better than anything you will ever experience in your life when you come into the place and having a relationship with him. So I don't miss that, you know, because I get an opportunity to do some things that I could never imagine that I could do. Sounds to me like you're steeped in God's Word. Is, is that something that's just been self-taught, or have you gone through any formal training at all, or is it all just life experience and putting your nose in God's Word? 
it's just life experiences and um, putting my nose in God word, word, you know, it just saturating myself in the word, listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, letting the Holy Spirit be the teacher, you know, and guide you and understand if I listen to him, he's going to teach me. I don't have to do it on my own. I don't have to think I can do it on my own. And, and I think that's what has made me different, you know, from what people look at me today is because I allowed the Holy Spirit to be my teacher. And I allowed to listen to him, you know, just like you listen to your batting coach when you're struggling, you know, to help you get out of the slump. You know, he's the same thing as the batting coach, manager, pitching coach, or whatever you want to call it from a baseball term. And he's the same thing in, in the life of eternal life because he's part of the Trinity. He's part of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of one. And they operate in the same capacity. And so I allowed him to, you know, teach me the word, teach me scriptures, teach me how to retain them. You know, and I follow his lead. You know, it's just something, it's something that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to, but I learned to pay attention to it when God called me. Yeah. We all put others on a pedestal, especially, you know, the, the big time athletes in our country and celebrities, that sort of thing. Um, you were there at one time and obviously had a great fall, so to speak. Uh, what are your thoughts about the way that we, we look up to people in our culture? I think we look up to athletes and people like that, like nothing can happen to them, like they're untouchable. And that's not true. They are the same. We are all the same. We're all sinners and we need a savior. The Bible doesn't say some of us would fall short. It says we all would fall short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. And that means every last one of us, it doesn't matter if you have a uniform on, if you're a doctor, lawyer, or you're a president or whatever it may be, you're still going to fall short. And unless you come to the point of knowing the savior. And I think that's what happens to our society. We've gotten away from what's really important. And when you go back and look at films of Billy Graham and his crusades, he was the most powerful man preaching the gospel because he didn't play with the gospel. And I think what has happened today with the gospel is so many have watered it down to make you feel good instead of being convicted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ did to me. It brought conviction to me. And it brought me in alignment to line myself up to live according to the biblical principles. So if we if we're not doing that with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then people can't get well. And this is why I think so many people are st- stuck because of the new wave of generation saying, well, we don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to tell you to repent. Well, you're never going to get well with Jesus if you don't if, we, if you don't talk about these things, because it's the reality of where we at in, you know, in our lives. You know, we we need to get healed, and we need to know that only the healer can heal us from our sinful ways, and we need to repent to him. We, it's not repenting to ourselves, it's to God. So I think we we, we got to get back to the point of what's really important here. And it's, it, at the end of the day, it's about winning souls and changing lives. Daryl, what brings you joy in life? Preaching the gospel. I, don't, I mean, there's a lot of things. I enjoy my family. I enjoy my wife. I enjoy my kids. But I enjoy preaching the good news, and I enjoy seeing souls being one for the kingdom. That leaves little doubt where Daryl Strawberry's heart is these days. My thanks to him for spending a few minutes with us here on First Person. You've been listening to Daryl Strawberry tell his story. Of course, there's much more about him we didn't have time to talk about, but you can read more when you visit firstpersoninterview.com and follow the links provided. There's also a link to Daryl's book, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. This program is made possible by the Far East Broadcasting Company, which reaches untold millions every day, no exaggeration, with the gospel. 
Learn more about FEBC by visiting febc.org and or listening to the podcast until all have heard, available there at the website and on many podcast platforms. Search for Until All Have Heard. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.